It's Wednesday, October the 20th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, House Committee recommends ban and charges and Netflix squids in. First, the world in brief. A committee of America's House of Representatives unanimously recommended that criminal charges be brought against Steve Bannon, Donald Trump's one-time Svengali. Mr Bannon ignored a subpoena to testify last week at an inquiry into the storming of the Capitol building in January. A full House session will vote on referring him to the Justice Department this week. Netflix reported third-quarter revenues of $7.5 billion, up by 16% on the previous year, and a profit of $1.4 billion. The streaming giant added 4.4 million paid subscribers, half of them in the Asia-Pacific region, bringing the total to 214 million. The biggest draw was Squid Game, a dystopian Korean drama that ranked first among its programmes in 94 countries. A gang in Haiti demanded a ransom of $1 million each for 17 American and Canadian missionaries whom it kidnapped on Saturday. The missionaries, including women and children, had been visiting an orphanage when they were taken. They are being held just outside a suburb of Port-au-Prince, the capital, that is controlled by the gang. Poland's Prime Minister, Mateusz Morawiecki, came under repeated attack during a heated session of the European Parliament as he defended a Polish court ruling that the country's laws take precedence over those of the bloc. The president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, said the ruling was, quote, a direct challenge to the unity of the European legal order. The confrontation between Poland and the EU has sparked fears of a, quote, pole exit. North Korea confirms that a new ballistic missile it tested earlier this week had been launched from a submarine, as suspected by its neighbours. It comes with, quote, advanced control guidance technologies, according to a state media outlet. South Korea, too, is ramping up its weapons programme. This week, it is hosting its largest ever defence exhibition, where it is expected to unveil a new fighter jet. In America, housing starts, a measure of home building, fell to 1.6 million in September, down by 1.6% from the previous month and below forecasts. Permits, an indicator of future construction, declined sharply by 7.7% from August. Shortages of workers and building materials slowed activity. Falling housing investment has weighed on overall economic growth this year. Facebook agreed to pay about $14 million to settle a lawsuit filed by America's Department of Justice over accusations the social media firm discriminated against American job applicants in favour of foreigners. While saying it settled to get the case over with, Facebook contended it had complied with federal law, which requires employers to consider qualified Americans before hiring foreigners and sponsoring their visas. And facts of the day. 57 billion euros, 66 billion dollars. Poland's share of the EU's COVID-19 recovery fund, which the country risks losing over a legal spat with the bloc. Poland is a problem for the EU, but unlike Britain, it won't leave. 
And now, here's today's agenda. Leveling charges. Brazil's pandemic inquiry. Protesting Brazilians have accused President Jair Bolsonaro of genocide for more than a year, an allegation that he strongly denies. Now, he could be formally indicted for the crime. On Wednesday, a Senate inquiry will report on the government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The president is expected to be charged with 11 crimes, including quackery, homicide and genocide of indigenous people. More than 600,000 Brazilians have died of the virus and the mortality rate for indigenous peoples is 16% higher than the overall rate. The Senate report will be sent to the Attorney General. He was appointed by Mr Bolsonaro and has thus far declined to act against the government. Impeachment is unlikely as almost 140 impeachment petitions have been stalled by an ally of the President in the lower house. Consequences are more likely to come at the ballot box. Mr Bolsonaro is gearing up for a re-election bid a year from now. His approval rating slumped to an all-time low of 22% last month. When the chips are down ASML and Intel results Two big microchip firms will report results in the midst of what one analyst calls the quote, mother of all semiconductor cycles. First on Wednesday is ASML, a Dutch firm. It is the world's sole supplier of high-tech quote, extreme ultraviolet lithography machines, which are vital for advanced chip making. That is an enviable position at the best of times. But its shares have soared since the start of the pandemic, in part because TSMC, Samsung and Intel, its customers, have promised to splash hundreds of billions of dollars on new chip factories to ease semiconductor shortages. On Thursday, Intel too will report results. The American firm, which for decades defined the state of chip-making art, has fallen off the pace in recent years. Pat Gelsinger, its new boss, has an ambitious turnaround plan. But the company's shares continue to lag both the market and its chip-making peers. Another for the in-tray. Blinken and the Havana Syndrome. Anthony Blinken, America's Secretary of State, will touch down in Bogota, Colombia's capital, for the second leg of his Latin American tour on Wednesday. Democracy in the region is fragile, and China's influence is growing. And America appears to face another, quieter threat that Mr Blinken may bring up, the Havana Syndrome. On October 12th, at least five American families connected to the embassy in Bogota reported suffering from the mysterious condition, first reported in late 2016 in Havana, Cuba's capital. The bizarre symptoms include nausea, fatigue and hearing loss. Brain scans show signs of trauma. Such incidents, now numbering more than 200, have led to rare bipartisan agreement in America's Congress, which unanimously passed a bill to compensate victims last month. But that has done little to assuage fears. The malady's cause remains unclear, and the State Department's task force to tackle the disease is frustratingly leaderless. In Bogota, Mr Blinken will push for answers.
How far is too far right? Italy's neo-fascists. On Wednesday, Italian lawmakers will consider banning a small neo-fascist group, Forza Nuova, after a mob of its supporters ransacked the headquarters of the country's biggest trade union federation. The Democratic Party, a centre-left group, has tabled parliamentary motions that call for a ban, citing the constitution and a 1952 law. Both outlaw movements that seek to revive Benito Mussolini's pre-war fascist party. More than a dozen FN leaders have been arrested since the attack, which took place during an anti-vaccine demonstration earlier this month. It echoed the January 6th assault on America's capital and shone an uncomfortable spotlight on the links to neo-fascism of the more mainstream Brothers of Italy movement. Polls suggest the Brothers have become Italy's most popular political party. But not everywhere. On Monday, left-wing parties took Rome and Turin in local elections, giving them a clean sweep of the country's largest cities. Phantom Thread Martin Margiela's Art Martin Margiela is often called the, quote, invisible man of fashion. The reclusive Belgian designer who retired from the industry in 2009 is rarely photographed, never took about his runway shows and communicated with the press by fax. On Wednesday, when an exhibition bearing his name opens at Lafayette Anticipation in Paris, it will be his artwork, not his fashion, that will be on show. Somewhat unconventionally, visitors will enter through the emergency exit. Little else about the exhibition is yet known. More than 20 works, including installations, sculptures, collages, paintings and films will be on display, and the gallery has been arranged to resemble a maze, with floor-to-ceiling office blinds dividing the space. As a fashion designer, Mr Margiela pushed boundaries and unravelled tailoring conventions, dressing models in garments made of porcelain, wigs and seatbelts. He also pioneered high street trends, including the enduring mania for ripped jeans. If his art takes after his groundbreaking fashion, the career change will soothe this master of deconstruction well. Finally, here's the quote of the day from John Dewey, who was born on this day in 1859. Anyone who has begun to think places some portion of the world in jeopardy. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.